Validas Tool and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oskar Slotosch. Hello, welcome to our podcast. My name is Oskar Slotosch. I'm your expert in tool qualification and library qualification. And I'm Ivana Kuricic, your friendly representative of the audience. Today's topic is qualification documents. What do we mean when we say qualification documents? Well, all the documents that document the qualification. And uh, that is, of, of course, a, a nice formulation, but there are many documents that are uh, required or useful and uh, not just one big document with everything in, but uh, there are different documents for different aspects. But are we also talking about a change log of a software or... No, well, that's a software-specific documents or process documents. We just uh, talk about the qualification documents that like qualification report, compliance report, safety manual, uh, and those. Every piece of documentation that is to do with safety of a tool library of software. Yes, exactly. So this is uh, the documents. Uh, these are the documents that are required to document that you have qualified it correctly. So you can have a safe tool um, with a, a good qualification kit, but if it's not documented, nobody will believe you that this is a good tool or good qualification kit. So documentation is always required in safety standards to document things. Um, maybe in 10 years, some, something happened and people ask themselves, who had qualified the software, which test did they run and so on. And then it's good to have a qualification report that documents all the required things from the standard. What would you say would be a good example of a well-made collection of qualification documents? If you were just creating your own and starting from scratch, where should you look to find a good example? Well, um, just look at Validas. So we do have uh, a quite a good schema explaining the documents and their relations. So that's a single slide. Um, uh, and this lists the most important qualification documents, being the tool classification report, the tool safety manual, the tool qualification report, and the corresponding plan. Those are the four main documents of tool qualification. Now, of course, you should have compliance report, which is like a safety plan, and you should have your process description, how you build the QKit. And uh, what else is very important is to perform VNV, verification and validation, that your QKit is really compliant with uh, the uh, requirements. We also have a QKit user guide and a QKit developer guide. <laughs> so those doc documents are useful for our customers that um, want to develop the QKit on their own with our help and continue development. And of course, a user needs a guide um, to do something correctly. That's always in safety. So it's good housekeeping to keep the evidence proofs of all the tests that have been run in one place. Yes, and by the way, that's not only for tool qualification, it's even more for software development and uh, hardware development. They also have a lot of documentation requirements. How do these qualification documents for hardware development, for example, differ from those for tools and libraries? Well, I th think, of course, the contents differ. So the tool qualification report documents how the tool has been qualified. The software qualification report might document how the software was qualified and hardware qualification report documents like hardware was qualified. So there's a completely different item which is documented there. But I think the main uh, difference 
comes from the compliance report because once you develop hardware, you have different requirements uh, than when you develop software or a tool. So when it comes to the compliance report, you mentioned it in particular. What makes it special? Well, the speciality is uh, the argumentation. So, of course, in the compliance report, when you have uh, a tool qualification report according to ISO, then it's 811, which is the goal of your uh, compliance report. So you say, I want to be compliant with chapter 811 and maybe with IEC 61508, 744, which is corresponding chapter of tool qualification there. So that is your claim, which is in the, in the compliance report. And then, of course, all the requirements that are sub-requirements or required requirements are listed there. And the most important thing of the compliance report is the compliance argumentation. So you say, we are compliant to this requirement because we do this and this and this. And we are compliant to this requirement because we are doing this and this. And also important, how do we check it? So if we are compliant to something, we are maybe not compliant in general. We might be only compliant if we have done some verification activities. So the compliance report is a, is a big argumentation document that shows you that we are compliant with the requirements. Is there any difference when it comes to library qualification? Do you need some additional documents for this? Yes, uh, we need additional documents uh, uh, for library qualification. And um, there are different contents. So uh, a tool classification is done with a tool confidence level or a tool classification. But libraries are classified differently. So for a library, it's important to say, is it a new library or is it a modified library or is it an unchanged library? Um, so this, the contents is different of these documents. And I think the most important, the biggest difference for the library are two differences. One is if you do it for a high ASIL or a, uh, ASIL D or another safety level, which requires to show that the library has been tested completely so you need to have something like a code coverage report and code coverage analysis that's saying um, the library has been covered to 100% by the test cases, which is not required for tool qualification. And the second document is about the library development process, where I said, well, we might have a process assessment report in tool qualification, but for libraries, we really need to have this. Well, those are the two uh, big changes in library qualification. There are more dof documents, of course. You also have a library safety manual. You have a library qualification report, uh, uh, just uh, similar things like for tool qualification. And most important, you have also a compliance report for library qualification. Uh, does it differ from the one for tools? Yeah, yeah very good question. So the structure is the same. So you have the uh, the same goals in it. You have the requirements listed and you have the compliance argumentation and the VNV checks. However, the content is completely different because tool qualification in ISO 262 needs to be compliant with chapter 811. So you need to argue for chapter 811 and library qualification in ISO 262 needs to be compliant with chapter 812, which is a completely different chapter and there is no much commonalities about it. I once had a, um, a, a contact saying, hey, we are building the QKids on our own. Uh, we don't have so much money. We don't need your help and whatever. And then, then I asked him, yes, it's good to, to talk also with those people. They might come with interesting solutions. Uh, but I asked him, what is your compliance report? And he had a big claim. We are compliant to 10 standards or whatever. 
And I said, yes, that's just a claim, but where's the evidence? So where is your compliance report that this is not an empty marketing claim, that this is really uh, a safety case? Well, I'm still waiting for the answer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a lot goes into these qualification documents, but are they mandatory when we're talking about qualification? Well, the standard uh, says, uh, for example, there are some documents which are explicitly mentioned. So you should have a tool qualification report or tool qualification documents, and um, these need to be created, but they are not so clear on the contents and um, some documents, let's say the tool safety manual, which is one of the most important documents, isn't, isn't really uh, required so clear. Um, it's just required, you have to write the guidelines somewhere and you are a bit free of writing it to the tool qualification report and writing it to the tool safety manual. So you could do both, writing the qualification restrictions, so the safety guidelines that we have uh, found during qualification. You can write them in the qualification report and write them to the safety manual. The benefit or the differences the tool safety manual contains only the relevant things for the tool user. So you can give the tool user the tool safety manual and say, here, that's how to use the tool safely. And he doesn't need to read all the stuff about tool qualification reports, which tests we have been executed, why the test cases are sufficient, all the things uh, when we have qualified uh, the tool. All those uh, mandatory informations are not relevant for the tool user. So therefore we make two different documents. One, we call it tool safety manual and we give this to the user of the tool. And then we have the other thing, the tool qualification report that documents the qualification, which uh, of course is important to know for the tool user, but not so interesting for his daily life. This tool qualification report is more for the tool safety expert that needs to have a good document to feel well and say, okay, Yes, it's good that we have qualified it. And sometimes people will ask him, which version did you qualify? And uh, then he can say, yes, we, we qualified version 9.2 or whatever. So you think that having orderly qualification documents that are tailored for the user is an important part of, let's say, customer service? Yes, that is really uh, people, software developers usually don't like to read with manuals. <laughs> because mm -hmm. they're doing software and they uh, prefer to have an online help or whatever. But um, the tool safety is mainly achieved by documenting um, things that uh, are safe and of course making them safe and documenting it. And sometimes the documents are required to make it safe. Do the standards prescribe what exactly you need to include in each of these documents? Is there a scheme or a template that you should follow when you create them? In the safety standard, it is uh, written sometimes uh, you should put the information you gain from requirement X and Y into the document tool criteria evaluation report, for example. Um, this is something like a tool classification report and should contain, of course, the results from classifying the tool. So sometimes you are lucky and then the standard tells you exactly put this requirements and the result of doing those steps into your document that, but sometimes it's not so clear. Sometimes the standard says you should document the version. You should document the configuration of the tool um, where you qualified in. The environment should be 
um, documented. And you should document the test environment that you use to qualify a tool. You should document a lot of things. Um, and mostly it's quite obvious that you document those things within the tool qualification report. So because that is a, a good container for all these information. So I'm wondering, the users will refer to the tool safety manual, but is there any reason for a user to go through other documentation or are the qualification documents other than the tool safety manual there simply to act as fallback to check that everything is in order? Yes, they are uh, fallback. So for the tool user, only the tool safety manual counts. But we recently had uh, a question from a customer saying, hey, we bought a QKit here or the company is pretending they have a QKit. Uh, can you please double check if this QKit is good for us, is good enough for us? Will it cover our use case? These are the typical questions that safety experts have. Is this QKit good enough for me? That's um, not too unusual. So many QKits are partial QKits or um, have been um, built from non-tool qualification experts. So there's a lot of uh, um, interesting things around that you need to look in and uh, need to convince yourself um, that uh, they are good QKits. So for example, you might have a very good tool for measuring the code coverage of C and C++, but then uh, you might get a qualification kit for it that is covering only C, but not C++. So you uh, think you have a, a coverage tool that you can use for C++ safely, but the safety only covers C and not C++. So these are things that are um, usual. Um, I don't know a QKit that covers any tool completely. So every qualification kit has some um, scope, let's say positively. And uh, if you are using a feature out of the scope, um, then you are not safe. And therefore, you have to check whether your QKit covers your use cases. How would you go about doing that? Well, just look to the documents. And typically, I, uh, I did this or just today, I explained my colleagues how to do that. And I said, um, you should look to the compliance report because that's the document that's the root of all the documents. And then you can read how um, the tool provider claims compliance. And they can say, okay, with this requirement, we do like this and this requirement do like this. And then you can see, okay, we are running some test cases. And in addition, we do some process evaluation and we have a TÜV certificate and we do this and this. And um, well, this some, somehow then makes sense, but you also look uh, need to look to the coverage. So does it really cover my use case? Which feature is it covering? And if you have a tool list with 100 features, and the QKit covers, let's say, 50 of those hundreds and 10 additional ones, then you need to find out, is this good enough for you or not? And uh, why are these 10 additional things covered which are not in your tool or whatever? So there might be really surprising things when you look behind uh, a QKit and see what use cases it covers. And you will see some surprises, definitely. How large are these documents in an average case? We tend to make them as uh, as small as thin uh, as possible. Or so typically, there are five or ten restrictions in it, and those safety manuals, maybe including all the introduction and references, maybe they are twenty pages long. 
there's one thing. Nobody will believe you if the tool safety manual has 500 pages that you really follow it, <laughs> that you read it and follow it. So therefore, be precise here. LIDAS. Safety for your tools and libraries. Contact us at www.validas.de and ask for a free strategy talk. We do have templates for most of the documents, so that's a big advantage of the model-based approach. So um, we don't like to write documents, so we generate them. <laughs> Of course, um, writing a docu documentation is something good and uh, not every developer has this skill and we are working to that our developers, QQ developers have these skills. Um, but nevertheless, doing this in a, uh, for many tools and big things iteratively, it's uh, a boring work and therefore our people just do model the qualification kit and um, the user can give them his feature selection and his version selection and other things and at the end the documents will be generated and then we just need to review the documents and say yes it was good and then the qualification is done completely automatically do you think that it's a different ball game to deal with software that has a safety relevant purpose than one that doesn't because in one case you're risking a lot by not reading through the documentation carefully and in the other case it doesn't matter all that much Yes, you're completely right. And that's why, uh, let's say, mixed companies do have some uh, parts of the software which is safety uh, relevant and others not. And they spend most of the effort for documentation with the safety relevant things because the others are not really uh, so important. Yeah, they can't do as much damage for sure. I was once hearing uh, a talk on a, on a fair Uh, for somebody explaining, ah, we have a QKit here and the QKit can run test cases and documents that the tool is good. And there's even a safety manual, but if you stick to it or not, it's up to you. And I said, what? what? <laughs> it's up to me. So if you don't stick to the safety manual, you're risking to go to prison. And uh, making this in a public talk, saying something like this is an is absolute no-go. So I just uh, explained him what he's saying, something like, um, like an explanation how to go to prison very soon and easily. <laughs> I'm just assuming that you're going to take the responsibility or some sort of risk on yourself because it's easier to not follow it. It seems very dumb. <laughs> yeah, so that was something um, people want, just wanted to sell their tool and uh, saying, hey, we have something for you, but uh, um, it's just for safety, not so important. Oh, goodness. The moral of the story here is keep all your documents clear and tidy, make sure that they are consistent and that all the information is in them and that the customer has access to them. Yes, that's as important to have the documents and be able to um, pull them out in case you need. So that's important for the tool safety manual and tool qualification report, compliance report and all other documents we have heard today. Thank you very much for listening. And here's the summary, what you have learned today. Most important documents are the compliance report and the tool safety manual uh, for the tool users and the tool experts. And of course, also for the documentation, the tool qualification report, classification report, QKit user guide, QKit developer guide, 
and all the other documents that um, come within the qualification kit. In our future episodes, we'll delve a bit more into detail about all these documents. So thank you for listening and uh, hope to uh, talk to you soon. And if you would like to contact us with any of your questions on tool and library qualification, you can always reach us through podcast at validas.de. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. And don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validas.